Hey, what's going on, Black people? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, today I want to talk about Taraji P. Henson. Um, I read something that was really interesting, uh, thanks to Atlanta Black Star and also a sister named Cheryl Irvin. Uh, what they shared with me today was that uh, Taraji was in this movie, uh, this movie called The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Uh, it was a very good movie, and uh, Taraji did a great job, and uh, apparently... She wasn't paid very much. I, I was really surprised by how much she got paid. And uh, I want to kind of talk about this a little bit uh, and, and really break this down and help you guys understand kind of what it is and, and what, you know, what you um, what you might be seeing, uh, you know, in, in this in terms of, uh, of of what goes on in Hollywood and how people make their money. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. This is theblackfinancialchannel.com. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day under one condition. The condition is that you have to be B1. Uh, that means black first. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to be black to be here. We don't discriminate, but it does mean that you have to understand why we love our people and that loving our people doesn't mean we hate your people. So if you agree with that B1 philosophy, put a hashtag B in the number one of the chat, hashtag B1. Uh, so uh, today I want to talk a little bit about Taraji P. Henson. And uh, Taraji is, uh, is, is getting some attention right now because of a an interesting uh, breakdown of of how much she got paid in this movie called The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And what I'm going to do is actually show you a little uh, image from the movie. Uh, it was a really weird movie. I don't know if y'all saw it. Uh, give me a yes or no if you saw the movie Curious Case of ben The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. There's a screen share of um, Benjamin Button's character. It's played by Brad Pitt. They, they found this crazy way to like make him old and then a baby and the baby was really an old man and the old man was really a kid. And this is weird. It was real weird. Like, so this, you know, 80 year old man is like playing with seven year olds, which if you ever see that happen in real life, you need to call the cops. Uh, but that's what was going on. That's what this movie was all about. And um, it was a good movie and Taraji did a great job and I was super impressed and super happy for her uh, to get that role. She deserved it. She's super talented. We know this. Well, um, there was an interesting story I saw today. Um, Atlanta Black Star talked about it, and some other outlets have talked about it as well. But I'm going to cite the Black Media Outlet because I love Atlanta Black Star. And they were telling me something that kind of surprised me a little bit, but it didn't surprise me. It surprised me, but it didn't surprise me. And uh, basically, did y'all know that this movie, when she did this movie, this blockbuster movie that was seen by millions of people all around the world, she only made like something like... $30,000 after taxes. Did y'all know that? That she only made $30,000 after taxes. And um, and what's interesting is that Taraji has a pretty rational sort of logic that she's leaning on to explain why uh, she feels like that was almost okay. I, I don't think she'd take that kind of money to do a movie now, but I think she kind of got it, kind of got it. But I, I wanted to break it down because you guys know finance is my thing. My PhD is in finance. So I like to sort of look at things happening in the financial world. And when I see something that piques my curiosity, I say, you know, this is an opportunity to kind of talk about some concepts. So uh, I'm going to reopen up this article. And as I open this up, please hit the thumbs up button, hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. If you have not done that yet, uh, please do that right now. Um, so it says here, actress Taraji P. Henson is continuing to talk about her paycheck from the 2008 film, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Henson starred in the film alongside Hollywood's established stars, Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett, 
Uh, but when it came to her payout, she pocketed significantly less money than her peers. Henson, Henson has previously stated that she pocketed roughly $40,000 for her role in the film, despite her total check netting $150,000. Her co-stars, however, pocketed millions. While discussing the evolution of recognition and pay disparities in Hollywood while on The Real last week, Hinton repeating that a narrative she brought up in February broke down exactly why her pay was significantly less than other members of the film's cast. Making reference to her $150,000 paycheck, the Empire star claimed her six-figure check turned into a deposit of less than $50,000. So Taraji basically um, is, is stating here that, um, that even though she only got $150K for doing this film, she really actually only took home $30,000 of the check and what she does is in the article which you, you're welcome to read on atlanta black star basically she says look the irs is going to take half your money so that drops your 150 down to 75 and then she said that she had to pay another 30 percent to her management team because when you uh, go out in hollywood and you're doing all these roles you're going to have a bunch of people that are going to be um you know working with you to help you secure those opportunities so they end up taking another 30 percent, but they're not taking 30 percent of what you have left. They're taking 30% of what you got paid, right? So Taraji says that in this film, doing this blockbuster movie, you know, making all the, you know, that, that made all this money, uh, the movie made $335 million, if I'm not mistaken, $335 million. I, I looked up the box office numbers on, on the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. It was an absolute blockbuster, absolute blockbuster, $335 million. Taraji took home 30K. 30k so let me see here um so 3k would be one percent or sorry three million would be one percent three hundred thousand would be one tenth of one percent so she took home one one hundredth of one percent so if you took that movie and you divided it up into uh you divided it up into ten thousand pieces she would get one i think that's yeah so if you took something if you took all the money and chopped it up and spread it up into ten thousand pieces she would get one ten thousandth of what that movie made now um here's the thing and I'm sure you would agree with me. Uh, Taraji P. Henson was you know, worth far more than one ten thousandth of that movie, right? We know this, right? We know that she uh, she was significant. I mean, she was she was pretty important in the film. She wasn't just uh, you know an extra. She didn't just play the lady at the grocery store who had two lines. You know, she didn't say you know she didn't play the the clerk at the at the welfare office who says have a nice day. I mean, she literally she played Benjamin Button's mother. She played his mother like that. That's pretty. Pretty um pretty significant there, Taraji. You know, there, there's the, the Benjamin Button image. It was a really creepy movie, by the way. Very, very strange, very weird. Only weirdos in Hollywood will come up with crap like this. But it but it was interesting though, right? It was intriguing. Like, what if what if you had uh, an old man who became a young man and you know, whatever, right? And uh, and she wasn't just his mother, she actually played like an interesting role. She was almost like his mammy, you know, like it, it almost came off. A little bit not it wasn't quite a slave movie but it came off it's sort of in that slave tradition of where, where the black mother becomes like the real mother of the white kid and so she's like there she is holding the baby but really she's holding an old man like it's a creepy it's a crazy movie you got to watch it but she's holding a baby but the baby isn't really a baby it's like not like the baby the rapper the baby like that's a grown-ass man who wears diapers uh that's another conversation but 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 that is a baby but the baby's actually an old baby right and uh and then this is another image of 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 her holding the baby and when the baby's old and she just loved the baby and took care of the baby but the baby she took care of the baby but apparently the baby didn't take care of her because when uh it came time to uh share the money she didn't get much of it now does this upset me 
Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm upset because I feel like she's a grown woman. I feel like Taraji uh, is actually quite rational in terms of explaining uh, what went down. Right? Like I listened to her explanation and she didn't quite sound bitter. She didn't sound like, oh, this is nonsense. Uh, she just told this story. And I think she knew that the story was probably going to raise some eyebrows uh, because we know that Taraji is a pretty big name. Um, but I think that she also kind of gets it. She understands the game. And the reason I, I would say that I, she gets it is because she gets it in the way I got it. You know, I remember um, I remember years ago when nobody gave a damn who I was. And I still had a Ph.D. I was pretty smart. You know, in fact, I had a Ph.D. for almost a decade. I've been a professor at Syracuse University for a while. And so, you know, only one percent of the country has a Ph.D. I was the only black man in, in America to get a Ph.D. in finance in the year 2002. Right. So I was you know, I thought I guess I thought it was pretty hot shit. I don't know. And um, and the thing was, though, you, you, you go out into the world and you say, I want to show the world how good I am at what I do. Well, you know, honestly, the world don't give a damn. The world doesn't care. Um, the world does not care <laughs> how talented you are. There's a lot of talented people out here. So uh, what happened was I wanted to write articles for the public and I went over to AOL Black Voices and they said, we can't afford to hire you because you're a professor. You probably want too much money. So you know what I did? I, I took the job and I did it for free. I did it for nothing. You know, they paid me zero dollars and zero cents. And I didn't just come in and, and, and do extra work. I didn't just work for them in my spare time. I didn't just write an article for them, you know, once every uh, every six months. I wrote probably five articles a day for them. <clears throat> it's something close. It maybe it was two or three, but as many as five sometimes every day, including the weekend. And I and I got paid zero dollars and zero cents to do it. And people thought I was crazy. They said, why would you do that? You're being exploited. They're using you there. And I was like, yeah, I know they're making money off me. I know that I know they're going I know they're going to get paid, you know, off my work because my work is good. Um, but this is me. This was my th thought process. My thought process is I'm paying my dues. I'm not going to be free forever. Uh, but right now I need to go ahead and make an investment in myself to get you to invest in me later on. Because believe me, when we renegotiated the contract, the price of Dr. Boyce went up. The price of Dr. Boyce went up because I had proof of concept. I had proof that I could do an excellent job. And so the second negotiation, they paid me thousands of dollars a month to write articles for them because I had already shown my value. Now, you might ask, you know, why would I do that? Well, you know, the thing is that uh, when it comes to investing in you, if you're not willing to invest in you, then why would you expect anybody else to invest in you? That that's always been my logic. My my thought was, you know, I think I can be pretty damn good at what I do, but if I'm not willing to invest in me, then I don't think anybody else will be. So maybe I need to be the first one. Now, now some people take a different approach. Maybe some people feel like you should get a paycheck out the gate. Maybe some people think you should get paid based on how hard you work. Maybe some people think you should get paid based on how much talent you have. Um, the reality in the real world is that there are a lot of hardworking, talented people out here. And sometimes you got to get in where you fit in. Uh, one of the uh, dilemmas of uh, actors and actresses, particularly the black ones in Hollywood, I've been out in L.A. a lot. I spent a lot of time in L.A. I've made movies in L.A., not big blockbuster movies, but I've been around famous people. There is literally an oversupply of talented, beautiful young black actresses. Like it's an oversupply. It's an overabundance. Like they're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. Like literally. I mean, and you know, and, and when I made my movie in LA, it wasn't even a big budget movie. It was like, I think our budget was like 30 grand or something. <laughs> and, and I had, I had women trying to get close to me just so they could be in that movie. And I'm like, 
but you do know this is a $30,000 movie and we're not even going to pay you. But they were that desperate to get an opportunity. And this is when I noticed that for Black people, because we are so in tune with the um, talent side of the fence and not as in tune in the business side of the fence, we can put ourselves into positions where we, we get played a little bit. Because out in Hollywood, last time I checked, now this might be changing since you now have um, a higher demand of content coming from Netflix and Disney and all that. Um, when I was last there, I remember that it seemed that there was an oversupply of talented Black people and an undersupply of opportunities for Black people. Uh, you know, e Even if you were willing to play the Buckeye slave, even if you were willing to play the next swing in Hoochie Mama, even if you were willing to fill all the Jezebel Mammy roles that are out there in Hollywood, there was still an undersupply of opportunities. They, they could say, you know, we're, we're running we're running an ad for, you know, a big booty hooker who uh, smokes crack on the weekends, who swings her neck and smacks her lips whenever she talks. You would have like a thousand people at the audition, like trying to get that role, like literally doing their best little neck swinging, you know, lip smacking imitation, right? Just to get that job. And and so I, I feel like it's it's kind of a sucker's game, honestly. I think Hollywood is kind of a sucker's game. And uh and I'm a big fan of um of what's what's going on in Atlanta. At least in Atlanta you have black people that are actually running um some of these studios. You know, uh you got what uh, Tyler Perry's got going on down there. Guys like Will Packer and Rick Mathis are down there and and uh Jay Morrison at, at the Black House and Greenlit ATL and stuff like that where um I was really inspired by what I saw with the emerging uh, actor actress uh, production scene down in, in Atlanta. It, in fact, it inspired me and my wife enough that we actually just bought a house down there because we're actually going to um, do some work out of the black house, at a, at a, you know, to uh, make movies and stuff like that. So, so I think that that balance is starting to tip, but I think that what you really see with this is, is in the fact that Taraji took her 30,000 and was happy to take it is the fact that um, when you don't really have any power, uh, you don't have any options. And when you don't have a lot of options, beggars can't be choosy. Uh, if Taraji had said, you know, I don't want your 30000 I, I need you to pay me, you know, or I, I don't want your 150 It was really 150 She got 30 after taxes. So either she said, look, I don't want 150 I'm playing this, this guy's mother. I deserve a bigger role. Give me, give me at least half a million. You know what they would do? They would literally go find another actress who would do that job for free. Um, and so what I think Taraji sees, and I was reading through her article, the articles in the Atlanta Black Star, where they talk about it in more detail, I encourage you to go read it to support Atlanta Black Star. I really like their publication a lot. Um, you know, basically she was saying, look, this was, I paid my dues. This is how I uh, got my name out there. Uh, now Taraji, when she sits down for a negotiation, she can negotiate for, uh, for millions of dollars. And she never would have gotten to that position if she had not went ahead and paid her dues early. But at the same time, there's an argument to be made that this is why you have things like labor unions, right? Because unions uh, allow the workers to come together to uh, form a capital base, which gives them greater negotiating power. One of the reasons that wages across the board in America have not gone up in the last 20 or 30 years while CEO pay has skyrocketed is because in the 1960s or so, there was a great effort by the wealthy and by corporations particularly and by basically people aligned with mostly with the Republican Party to undermine labor unions. And when they did that, you started seeing nationwide, not just in Hollywood, but you started seeing nationwide a massive gap between the rich and the poor. And it's only been accentuated and accelerated by the rise of the technocrats. 
So now, it, you know, with technology in Silicon Valley sort of feeling like they can do whatever they want and make as much money as they want by basically utilizing capital bases that are not organized, they're able to then extract so much wealth and leave almost nothing to the people, which is why you now have a country where millions of people won't go back to work because they're, they're sitting there thinking, I'm not going to go and give you hours of my life at $15 an hour. It just ain't worth it. Right. So what happened with Taraji in Hollywood? Uh, from a you know labor supply dynamic. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a labor economist. Um, I worked under a great labor economist who I think he's at University of Chicago now. His name was Dan Black, and uh, you know, so, so a guy like him could probably explain the the dynamics of the labor market better than I could. But that's really what you see. What you're seeing, and is the reason that it made sense for Taraji to take that 150k, is because there was a um an oversupply of talent. And uh, a lack of opportunity on the other side, an undersupply of opportunity, right? And this is a dilemma that millions of Black people go through all the time, especially all y'all out here that are talented singers, dancers, rappers, actors, basketball players, whatever. Like we got millions of little boys who want to be in the NFL, but NFL only takes, you know, can maybe take 20 of them or or 30 of them or 50 of them or 100 of them every year. And so the other 10,000 end up with nothing to do. So, So this is why... Uh, and I agree with you, Olivia. Uh, you said, why don't you recommend her a business manager for the next film? Um, you know, I actually, Olivia, I don't think Taraji uh, needs a business manager. I, I'm sure she's got that handled. But what I can say is that at the Black Business School, which you do mention, thank you for mentioning that, Olivia, uh, that we do talk about the fact that Black people need to own their own businesses. And we talk about how Black folks should own assets and own real estate and make stock market investments so you can get in on the other side of the fence where the big money is actually being made, right? So like when I talked to my daughter about uh, being an actress, uh, she wants to be an actress and we talk about it all the time and I want to get her ready for that game. Um, I talked to her today. I, I said, look, we're going to talk about brand building. And we're going to talk about what it means to make a movie and what it means to fund a movie and what it means to own the project so that when you become an actress, you're not coming in uh, it, from a position of powerlessness. You want your children to have power and power comes from the business side. It comes from the financing side. It comes from the economic side. It doesn't always come from the talent side. Okay. So uh, anyway, um, uh, that's, that was, th those were my thoughts on this. Um, and so, uh, and by the way, I wanted to mention also to quickly to you guys that we actually are teaching Forex now in the black business school. We have a Forex master lecture coming up. So if you want to uh, take a look and join us Thursday night at eight o'clock and learn Forex, feel free to go to b1forex.com. That's the URL. Uh, it's being taught by Courtney Logan, who's a bad brother. He's a lawyer and uh, he's licensed in Forex on a very high level and extremely good at what he does. And so uh, until midnight tonight, if you're watching this on uh, October 11th, uh, until midnight, you can actually get 48% off. And it's the regular price, I think, is $99 or something. So 48% off drops it down to about $51.48. So if you want to get uh, some Forex training, he's doing a master lecture Thursday night at 8 o'clock. So feel free to go to B1Forex.com. Uh, that's B1Forex.com. Okay, guys, I'm out of here. Please have a good day. And uh, and as far as Taraji P. Henson goes, uh, I think that she had a very rational, logical way of explaining uh, what happened. Uh, I like her explanation. I complete. I happen to agree with all the sentiments she expressed. Uh, she expressed it as you know her pain, her dues. But I do think that this the lesson you can walk away from with this is that um, is is that you know one thing that comes to mind is that when you talk about being famous. Uh, and being rich. People think that that fame means you're going to be rich. And, uh, and the reality is that rich and famous don't always go together. You know, everybody thinks that because you're famous, that means you're automatically rich. And that's just not true. There are a lot of actors and actresses in Hollywood right now 
who are uh, broker than than 90 percent of the people that are watching this video right now. And so get that out of your head. You know, stop thinking that just because a white person put you on TV, that means that you automatically paid. Uh, that's just simply not true. And in fact, let me show you a group. And I want you to tell me who this group is and if you recognize them. And I have a personal relationship with this group. Anybody know about this group? Remember this? Remember this group right here? TLC. Right. Yep. Yep. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Yep. So anyway, one of the greatest uh, female groups of all time. I love them to death. And uh, this one right here that I'm circling, Tiana, that is my cousin. Uh, her name is Tiana Watkins. And uh, Tiana, somebody asked her on Twitter, uh, are you cousins with Dr. Boyce Watkins? And she said, uh, no. Well, that's not true, Tiana. And let me tell you how we're related. We are related because your grandfather's name is Sam and my grandfather's name is Matt. And Sam and Matt are brothers. And both Sam and Matt, they ain't talked for like 40, 50. They ain't probably talked since the 1960s. I think some one of them borrowed some money from the other one and didn't pay him back. So I got to pay back your damn relatives because then your, kid, your grandkids get confused. Uh, but anyway, uh, you remember the story of TLC. Y'all remember how TLC became very famous. They had the number one uh, album in the world. They were, they were performing in front of sold out stadiums all across the globe. And they were making probably less money than Uber drivers. Like they literally could have been not maybe, I mean, back then they didn't have Uber and stuff, but they could have been like delivering DoorDash and Uber Eats and shit and been making more money than they were making going around the world doing all that work, right? So th so what happened was effectively that um, they signed contracts where they had these massive brands and they were recognized all across the globe. And everybody thought that because they were famous, that that, that meant they were automatically rich. Uh, this thinking is a reflection of the fact that as black people, we want to gain additional economic intelligence to understand why is a, when you assume that a famous person is automatically rich, well, how do they get rich? If you think that they're paid, well, how do they get paid? Who's giving them money? Why would anybody give them money? Did, do you think they gave them money because they sang? Because they can sing? Well, shit, we got, we got 10,000 churches they probably got at least, that's probably 10,000 churches that got some black woman or black man in that church that can sing their ass off. They can literally sing so good that the damn angels come down from heaven just to just to just to get a listen. Y'all know how talented we are, right? They they didn't they didn't pay them because they're talented. They, they didn't pay them because they worked hard. There's a lot of hardworking people. If hard work made you a millionaire, then you know every every janitor on earth would be a billionaire. Seriously, it, hard work is not what makes you rich. Being talented is not what makes you rich. It is it is when someone has the ability to monetize that talent. And also, you're able to negotiate your cut of the money. Well, if you don't have any leverage in the negotiation, if the supply-demand equation is out of whack, meaning if there's an oversupply of talent and an undersupply of opportunities, then you can get screwed in the negotiation. So I, you know, so I, I saw the whole documentary with TLC, and I saw, you know, because a lot of us as Black people were trained to live in the victim box, right? We don't, we don't sort of dissect what's going on. We just kind of live in this weird victim box where we always just we can understand how Black people get there. We go, white people outsmarted us again. Those wascally wabbits, they tweaked us again. Like, like we're the damn coyote, and they're the roadrunner, and the roadrunner is always outsmarting the coyote. Well, I'm not, you know, white people aren't smarter than me and, 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 and no, no, very few people are. And, and I'm not going to sit here and just concede to you every time. I want to understand if you did outsmart me, well, how did you do it? What, what happened? Like, are we going to sit down and do some critical analysis? Are we going to, we going to sit around and just complain about the fact that, that they took care of themselves, that they, that they hooked themselves up? Well, when you look at the situation with TLC, which might be similar to what Taraji went through, which might be similar to what New Edition went through, because you know the story about New Edition. I think one of the guys from New Edition is in the Black Business School. He's a good brother. Uh, and uh, anyway, 
when you think about what happened there, what you really saw was a supply demand imbalance that was exploitable by those who had access to capital. It was the control and ownership of capital that led to the imbalance that created a scenario in which uh, a contract was signed that was heavily favorable to the other side. Um, you know, TLC says, hey, we have a great group. We want to sing. And they said, yeah, we got 10,000 other girls that want to sing, too. Um, and they offered them a contract. It was take it or leave it. And they could have sat and negotiated and said, well, we read it and we want to get more money because we're going to be the greatest in the world. And, and they would have said, get, get out of here. Get out of here. Forget it. We'll just find somebody else. Right. So so that control of capital, that control of distribution, that control of the monetization process, all these other things, that's where the pow- levers of power are pulled. And that's not what black people always see. Uh, give me one second. Now, let me turn my phone off. Hit the thumbs up button while I do that. Hold on. See, that's the life of Boyce Watkins. People always, it's, it, they're always calling like right during my podcast. It's a conspiracy, I swear. Like they, they do that on purpose. It's COINTELPRO. COINTELPRO does not want me talking to you today. Anyway, hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. So so the bottom line with this is that when I, when I heard about Taraji's situation, I thought about TLC and I thought about the people that really are rich and famous, the people that really do have deals that work in their favor. Um, and typically it comes down to the amount of negotiating power you have, which isn't just preparation and uh, reading contracts and all that stuff. It's also about creating leverage through the control of capital. And so as long as white folks control the capital or you walk into situations where they control the capital base, you're probably going to be at some sort of strategic disadvantage, which is why the number one thing black people can and should do in this generation, which many of you are doing, is the accumulation and access to capital. If you give your children access to capital, then they're going to be empowered in almost every negotiation that they enter into. But if you leave them with no capital, meaning that you don't invest in them, you don't teach them economics, you don't prepare them for the future, then guess what? They're going to get screwed just like their mama did and just like their granddaddy did. And that 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 tradition will continue. So, so again, you got a choice like a football team you know are you going to be the team that, get, that gets last place in the division every year or are you going to be the team that forms a championship culture like the tampa bay buccaneers did when they got tom brady and all them brothers on the defense that led them to a super bowl what are you going to do black people are you going to win super bowls or are you going to keep being the jacksonville jaguars it's totally up to you all right guys uh do me a favor hit the thumbs up button hit the share button hit the subscribe button you can get a free copy of my book it takes a village to raise the bar at voicewalkins.com and uh also don't forget, we're doing the Forex class this week. So if you're interested in learning Forex, um, I'm going to be a part of it, but I'm not going to be teaching it. It's being, We found an expert. It took us two years to find a brother that we wanted to work with on Forex, or we were looking for brothers and sisters. But we found a brother named Courtney Logan that we really like, and we really think he's very good, and he's super well-trained. And he's and if you want to take a look, just go to B1Forex.com, and uh, everything in the Black Business School has a 30-day, 100% money-back guarantee. And Courtney's also coming to the All Black National Convention, uh, which is going to be in Orlando. Uh, and so if you'd like to also meet him and talk to him uh, at the convention and all, as well as all of our other experts, you can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. So we're not just talking about it. We are being about it. We are solution oriented. We don't just sit around and complain because we believe black people are winners and not losers. So stop worrying about what other people are doing to you. Start talking about what you're going to do to them. All right, guys. So do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Uh, share, subscribe. I'm out of here. Have a good night. God bless you. Love you. I'll see you guys soon. Take care. Peace. 